0: Earlier. Delightful little chip forwards San Jose the covering player for Park McGee Huge winning in the middle Yes, yeah, that is a magnificent goal for Aberdeen
1: Good evening and welcome to the latest By The Minute Aberdeen podcast. Quite an unusual one tonight as we're recording a bit now after a very terse one-line Aberdeen statement which uh, states that the Rangers have been refused permission to speak to Derek McInnes. Whether this is uh, but the first movement of a long and pre-coordinated dance or the end of what has been a terse and uh, a tumultuous few weeks for the Dawn support. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. We'll see what we can draw from that one line statement and indeed everything that's been going on in the last few weeks. In the company of both uh, Mark Elric. Mark, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. Yeah.
1: And uh, Martin Clunis is back with us. How are you, Martin?
2: I'm doing great, Richard.
1: Obviously, we'll also have the unpleasant task of going back and looking to the two defeats in the past week, which has certainly been coloured by the ongoing opening at Ibrox. But to that statement tonight, Mark, and um, it's not going that much away, is it? But there was a sort of uh, expectation that within the club, nobody does anything unless Derek McKenna says so.
0: What can you read into a one-sentence statement? There's not really much, I suppose, Um, It's what's happened before that statement You know, you like to think that uh, everyone's been grown-ups And uh, the the board have spoken to McInnes And McInnes has hopefully told them, poke it (laughs) And uh, that's that's how the statement's come out But like you said at the beginning there Who knows, it it could be the end, it could be the start, you know
1: I I just recall in the summer, obviously When Sunderland came calling There was that period before they were granted permission Dave Cormack spoke about there needing to be two prerequisites. Firstly, that the money would be in place. And that's absolutely not a given, uh, given who we're dealing with here. And secondly, that Derek McInnes actively wanted to speak to the club that are wanting to speak to him. You'd have to be a bit naive to assume there hasn't been some uh, backdoor communication uh, between McInnes and the Rangers before this point. Where do you think the, the problem
2: might lie? Well, the problem, we, we all know that you know, Rangers have... In their you know, brief history, have tried to kind of bully other clubs and get players cheap and you know, do deals here and there. So they're obviously going to try and wangle what they can. Um, I do think that you know, there, like you say, there there has probably been some kind of discussions. Maybe it's with you know off the record kind of thing. The thing that we we will find out now is that you know this kind of puts the the ball is kind of put in Derek McInnes's court here because now there 's no more fudging the question there 's no more uh, i 'm not talking about that. The simple fact is that it 's public knowledge now that Rangers want him he 's going to be asked that question whenever he next does a pre- if, you know, next as a press conference we 've got a game on Friday if you know if he makes it that long as the Aberdeen manager that 's going to be the focus. He's going to have to answer this question now. And it is a case of it's one of those shitter-get-off-the-pot moments. It's like, do you want to stay at Aberdeen or don't you? And he's going to have to, eventually, he's going to have to give an answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, a statement to date, Mark. Um, he's left a bit of wriggle room, but then again, not that much, in fairness. Uh, coming out a couple of weeks ago and... Uh, when Stuart Milne went to the press first of all And said that uh, you know, he'd spoken to his manager And his manager was uh, committed to staying at the club And then McInnes obviously backed it up in the statement the next day Then after this weekend he spoke about his um, Being unhappy about his integrity being called into question um, Yeah, there is. he hasn't come out and said flatly No, I do not want to pursue any managerial opportunity at Ibrooks, But he hasn't left himself that much room for manoeuvre, has he?
0: No, he's been, he's been quite cute with it really, hasn't he? But then it's, it, if, a, if an approach hasn't been made, it's not really his place to talk about the vacancy at Rangers. I mean, I can see why he was getting increasingly pissed off having to field kind of seven, eight questions about that when all he wants to speak about is whatever, the Motherwell game or the Kilmarnock game or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with Martin as well. It, it is in his court now. He will be asked the question and it's up to him to, to answer that. I hope there isn't just this ongoing nonsense for another week, another two weeks, where where McInnes doesn't go. You know, like you said, the the question's now been asked. Aberdeen turned around and said no. Uh, what happens next? The ball maybe is back in in Rangers' court now. Not necessarily McInnes. It's maybe in Rangers' court now. They haven't really said much about it either in the build-up to this. It's all been, it's all been the BBC. It's all been the Sun. It's been the Daily Record. It's been all your your hacks online. Um, Rangers, I don't
1: think, have, have uttered the word McInnes, have they? Well, there's been very little formal come out from them. You're absolutely right. But, you know, no, it's no. A, it's, it's, where they, it's where the BBC and the Records and the Sun get their information from. Where are they getting briefed from? And I think we can we can assume where that link is.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. But I will say, Martin, is that, uh, it, you know, it hasn't in the last few days, since Friday in particular, I think the, the noise online amongst the Aberdeen support has grown to a point where we haven't needed really any of the Glasgow tabloids or Glasgow press to, uh, to stoke the fires any further. There's definitely a, a section, an element of the support to who have made up their own minds.
2: Yeah, to an extent. I mean, um, we kind of mentioned this when we spoke about the Sunderland thing a few months ago. Um, you know, I'm of a certain age, so are you. Uh, that we remember when you know other clubs would cast wanting eyes on our players. Um, Rangers being one of those when they well things like when you know, people like Stephen Wright moved or even Theo or David Robertson. No, there's a generation of Aberdeen fans now mainly the mainly the side of the social media generation that have never seen sort of one of our players leave under what you would call a cloud because another club has wanted them. It's always been oh best of luck on you go. So I can kind of I can kind of understand some of the kind of maybe you would call it an overreaction because we've never a lot of people have never seen this before. I'm not I'm not quite old enough to remember Fergie leaving, but you know, some of the older um, supporters will remember that. You know, you know, unfortunately, players and managers will move on, um, and it's just something unfortunately we have to deal with. But there is there has been I do think there has been a you know a touch of an overreaction when you know the manager sort of isn't answering it and, Mark's right there. No, why should Derek have to answer these questions? You know, it's um, there's certainly been a bit of a campaign um, to try and kind of force, I think, force the r- ranger's agenda, if you want to call it that, um, which has sort of, set off a lot of people online.
1: Yeah, and the kind of general assumption from... Those out with the Aberdeen bubble, I suppose that he would walk over hot coals to, to move to Ibrox. Mark, we discussed this a few weeks ago when we had Michael Grant on the show, and it, it it still seems, on paper, not a foregone conclusion to me or to to anybody with a degree of rationality. I would have would have said that Rangers remain a basket case. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, have said. Uh... I can't remember maybe six months ago or so, maybe during the Sunderland episode that he was protective and mindful of his career. so if, if he still thinks like that, why would you go to Rangers? you know this this new club was created from the rotten carcass of the old Rangers, and every manager that they've had in has done poorly. they, they haven't they haven't progressed the Rangers. they haven't progressed their career like McCoy, Warbur uh, in who's you know now in a job. Uh, you could probably include McDowell and Durant in that as well. There isn't one person that's taken charge of Rangers and done well. Now, Coleman said similar with uh, Sunderland that uh, everyone thinks they'll be the one to turn it around. Somebody will be the one to turn it around. But I think if McInnes still is protective and mindful of his career path, he would avoid Rangers.
1: Let's say he does uh, what he did with Sunderland Martin and, and decides that he actually, actually wants to speak to them But ultimately decides not, not To go, do you think that will poison the Well too much with some of his Support, uh, with some of the supporters At Aberdeen, again we've seen some Quite outlandish comparisons being Made on social media today
2: um, I think It might be a possible step too Far, um, Sunderland in ter- to, to Aberdeen and to Scottish football Sunderland are nothing really um, you know, Rangers are and remain our rivals. Um, you know, however, they like to pretend that they are, you know, this this whatever club with this history that you know we all know isn't true. Um, though they are our rivals, they are probably, in fairness, you know our closest rivals in Scottish football. That that might be if, if he decides he wants to go and have a chat with them. Um, I think that might be a little bit too much for for some of us to take.
1: It, it's, it isn't any certainty, is it Mark? There's, it's no real further forward We're still in the waiting game And with this game coming up on Friday It shouldn't affect the players And it's, uh, it, it's giving them an easy way out Actually to suggest it has affected The players and the management over the past week But um, it's not doing anyone any good, is it?
0: No, no I mean, it, it's really It's, a, it's strange and I can't think of many other businesses Where a manager of a rival would leave and your business becomes unsettled. There's no other walk of life, really, where that happens, I don't think. But Rangers sacking Kassina has definitely had that effect on us. It's just a strange, strange way that that football works, I suppose.
1: Certainly, as we spoke the last two games, um, if these were his job interviews, they didn't exactly go swimmingly. Two very, very disappointing performances and uh, two fairly comfortable defeats to the Rangers in the space of four days. Uh, So let's take the first one chronologically because I think that undoubtedly influences how Sunday went as well since it was such a resounding defeat and the first question mark is obviously Martin over the line-up and the shape that's employed and yet again he comes out with a fairly unorthodox system which we're not used to playing in a quite big game.
2: Yeah we've seen it before um, We've we've ranted and raved about it on here before as well just no idea of what that, where that came from. A team that were a team like Raiders who, no they'd lost two on the bounce um, to Hamilton. I mean, they lost to Dundee for Christ's sake. They lost those two games. They were a properly a, a team, properly in crisis. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should have gone there and played sort of, three strikers. Um, not at all. Like it or not, they do have some decent players who can cause who can cause us problems. To play such a negative formation, where it was like the at times it was like there was you no know, we had were playing six at the back. That um, was just so narrow. Everything that we've spoken about before about any time we've played Rangers is talking about guys like Tavernier, who is you know, uh, decent going forward, but when you attack him, you know he's he's, he's he's not any really he's not any use. He's not you know he's a place fullback, but he isn't a good full back um, and he was sort of given the run of the pitch a lot of the time um, It was just baffling
1: And it's doubly perplexing Mark Because uh, the, the game before at Kilmarnock Which we had, we haven't had an opportunity to review on a podcast But there was a, there was a slight and subtle change to shape um, Instead of going with the 4-3, 2-1 Instead of having that extra defensive midfielder in It's been O'Connor up to that point he went with a corner at centre half and just McLean and Tansy in the middle and I thought it was, it allowed Kenny McLean to get much further up the pitch and influence things in a much more positive fashion than he had done for weeks and I thought it was a big step forward as to you know, how we were going to approach things. Even more perplexing, I think, to then turn up at Ibrox with a system which, again, the players looked as if they didn't understand what they were, what they were being told to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's, there's nothing... Uh... To argue with there I mean it's exactly As you said We did We did tweak it slightly To play Kilmarnock Who were who in a bit of form And then we, we go and change it When we go to Ibrox It's It's a bit of a cliche as well But it's almost like McInnes is playing the name He's not playing the The, the team Or the players That are on the park He's like Well we're playing Rangers So we better do this we, we better change ourselves To play against Rangers Where I don't think We should have We should just We should play to our strengths um, And Yeah I don't think McInnes' line up Allowed
1: that. And, you know, without question, I'd, I'm pretty sure that the three of us here would wish McInnes to stay at this point in time, but there's there are clear feelings, and it, they, they're, they're almost repeated feelings now, Martin, aren't they, when it comes to games like this? He has a real problem this season in particular in, in gearing the team up for important games.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, we've, again, we've, we, we, we mentioned briefly earlier on about sort of some of the reaction. You've read some of the stuff, like, though, know, that he's a big game bottler. Um, I don't think it's fair to use that term, but there's certainly an, an issue when it comes to bigger games. And like I mentioned, Rangers are one of our challengers in the league. It seems to be that any time a big game comes along, an important game, there seems to be a bit of an issue, and it's, it happened yet again. Uh, McInnes is, I mean, you know, to, to maybe just to go back to what we were talking about at the opening of the opening of the show there that. No, Rangers are probably looking at McInnes because he's very good at dispatching so-called lesser teams, unfortunately, and they're looking to steady, whereas you know, we we as Aberdeen are you know, fans, certainly, and I would like to think the, the board are, are looking ambitiously to try and get closer to the top and closer to Celtic and closer to trophies. Um, and when you're failing fairly consistently in these big games it is a worry
1: absolutely the manager deserves this fair uh, portion of the blame for last wednesday but it, it would be deeply unfair uh, to uh, let the players off the hook because uh, we, we can't exonerate them for for what they did once they stepped over that white line certain individuals in particular uh, really influenced the flow of the game and um you can't gift them a penalty kick like Greg Tansey did after just six minutes. Just such a foolish, foolish challenge anywhere on the pitch, but to do it in the penalty box is just crazy. I mean, Jason Holt steps on the ball and probably would have fallen down even if there was nobody near him. He's that bad at football. But what the hell was Tansy thinking? I do think, Mark, we might not see Greg Tansy too much more in an Aberdeen shirt as long as Derek McInnes is manager. I think he talks a lot about trust with his team and I, I I remember similar with Joe Shaughnessy getting sent off in a uh, League Cup quarter-final at Motherwell, and he barely played after that point.
0: Yeah, he could be right, I mean, but it, Tansy, Tansy came to us unfit, you know, and, and maybe now by December, well, he, he did he not just have a, an operation uh, last month, so like, if he's not fit, or if he isn't fit enough, why play him at Ibrox, you know, the team that are immediately below you, you want your strongest 11. And and if he has any if he's at ninety percent
1: fitness, don't play it. So, do you think it was a fitness sharpness issue, Martin, or do you just think that, as has been maybe apparent a couple of times lately, he's he's just not got the sharpness and the quality of play playing the heart of our midfield?
2: Um, I think it's. I think he's just he isn't sharp enough for this, the midfield. Um, it was you know, the challenge was was absolutely brainless, um, and he, but, he, but the thing is, he doesn't look fit, you know, and if. He, as Mark mentions there, if he's had an operation um, no, He shouldn't be playing no, you, need, you need guys that are no, As close to full fitness as possible Because when you find that you're going to go there And whether, whether we're playing the formation we did Or whether we're playing slightly differently you're, They're, they're going to see a lot of the ball um, And Tansy was, was going to have a busy night anyway And then six minutes in um, you no, know, he gives gives away a penalty, and then after that, you know, it was. I mean, truthfully, after that, it was just a matter of time before he was taken off. He just he just didn't look there at all.
1: And uh, that change came uh, before half time. Uh, such was the shape of our performance, the quality of our performance. By that point, we were two goals down, but still, there was a bit of hope that we might get back into the game. And the, the turning point probably is Mackay uh, Stevens' uh, penalty appeal. Minutes after he's come on Just before half time He goes through, gets ahead of um, Jason uh, uh, Tavernier The uh, Rangers fullback And there's a clip there There's a clip I think Before he is in the act of shooting And then in the act of shooting As he's pulling his leg back He hits Tavernier It, it come, came obviously in the week That there was a huge discussion in Scotland About the penalty awarded to Celtic In the League Cup final and, you know, everyone was not pro there about what um, Sinclair did for Celtic. But should Mackay Stephen have done the same, Mark? Should, at the first, at the first contact inside the box and Tavernier, should he have gone down?
0: Um, yeah, I think he should have. He should have. If it's a foul, again, we've been over this loads of times. You know, what, what do you do? do you, are you honest? Do you try and score the goal? Or do you go down to try and win the penalty? If, he didn't look confident that he was going to score anyway. He's slightly wide of goal, he does get clicked a couple of times, he should probably go down. Unless he is certain he can score that, he's got to go down. But, also one thing, he'd only been on the pitch 30 seconds to a minute or something. you know. So maybe his head wasn't quite in the game yet, he'd just come on. So I don't think you can blame him for not going down, um, but he's probably still a bit cold coming on.
1: Yeah, we're hypocritical as fans, aren't we, Martin? Because if, if a player had yeah. done that against us, say it, Trevor, uh, Trevor. Say it, Trevor. Say if Scott Sinclair had done that against us, then we'd be screaming blue murder. But you know, we would, especially after obviously he misses the chance. We're looking at him to take the most of the opportunity in that
2: situation. I am. Yeah. I mean, I I really wish Grant was on tonight. Um... So you and him can go back to last season's argument over Ross County and whether or not Mackay Stephen would be entitled to go down, um, but unfortunately no grad tonight. Um, yep, eh, he should have gone down. Um, no, it's a it's a foul in the box, and I mean I as as angry as I was about everything that happened during that game, the penalty claim is just sort of just was really just so frustrating because the reaction after from. From the media, from, I mean, obviously, you've got those two idiots, Commons and Boyd, on the television, um, saying that try tell us it's not a penalty when it, cl- it clearly is a penalty. It should have been a penalty. And I, I know that you're looking for fairness and honesty in football, but um, if it's a foul, it's a foul. And no, the referee wasn't ever, we were never getting a penalty at Ibrox anyway. So Yeah, you know, and that has to come into a yeah.
1: discussion, doesn't it, Mark, that um, you're at Ibrox, you have uh, a member of the Dallas family refereeing. You're probably not going to get a penalty kick, regardless of what happens to you in the box. And the third goal is probably quite evident of the sort of decisions you get as a visiting team at Ibrox.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it at the time online. Um, it, it's a type of decision that wouldn't go your way at Ibrox. You know what I mean? If, if the roles had been reversed, that's another cliche as well for when you're playing against uh, Rangers or Satellite. But if it had been the other way around, there's no way that goal would have stood.
1: And um, the pain wasn't quite over then uh, yet because, well, I, I think we could all see that uh, a night that disappointing wasn't going to end just with um, the three goal defeat. There was a red card in the works and it was coming quite a long way off. It was um, Ryan Christie who picked up a second yellow. His first yellow for getting involved, we didn't need to um, when Holt had sidetracked down Shinney. And then, uh, a pretty limp tackle from behind got him a second yellow Martin but it, it had been coming, I think everyone who was watching could see that the, the red miss has just fallen down on him And I think uh, a lot of finger pointing at Derek McInnes for not taking him off, after the game he suggested that Mackay Stephen had picked up an injury so he wasn't able to make that third substitution that he wanted to, to take Christy off but um, just a really really brainless adding to a lot of other brainless decisions on the night
2: from the Don's team He's, he, if he's if he's carrying a knock, then just take him off. Then, you know, because he was he was steaming about into challenges that, you know, steaming at the challenges in the way that if it was Shinny doing it, would probably criticise him because Shinny picks up all these needless bookings. Um, he's he's no if he's if he's only at sixty percent because he's got a, a, a niggle or something, just just take him off and finish the game with ten rather than having him suspended for what was an what was an, an upcoming important game, because. He was it really from you no. Know, he contributed very little, uh, other than to, other than to leave us you know, missing a player for Sunday.
1: Yeah, and um, let's go and discuss the the other
2: <laughs> joyful
1: part of the last seven days—the uh, home <laughs> defeat on Sunday. So changes obviously to the side. One of them at centre half. Uh, we go back to a four. Um, Mark, am I alone in being very, very confused that a guy that played centre half in the last European Championships is heading to the World Cup finals playing at centre half can't dislodge Anthony O'Connor from our centre half berth? That's
0: rhetorical,
1: right? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, uh, maybe,
0: maybe Arneson, maybe he was injured? I don't know. Like, I mean, you don't know. That was probably the biggest surprise that Arneson wasn't playing. Arneson and McKenna in in the centre um, have been doing relatively well recently. You know, like last couple of games, maybe excluded, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, I really don't
1: know. It's a head scratcher, um, isn't it, Martin? I mean, Anthony O'Connor has played every day. single minute of competitive football for Aberdeen this season.
2: The assumption would be um, that uh, Arneson can't play two games in what five days or whatever it was um because we know he's not got you no know, he's not got the quickest of legs as it is um obviously he didn't play on the plastic pitch at Colmarne because there's a story that you know he's not a fan of those types of surfaces and you know at his age it's maybe not good for him so okay the, um so you kind of i mean it just has that kind of has to be the assumption that you know it's just he he doesn't have the legs for it but um of you know I'm kind of done with that you know, I don't want to see him playing for Aberdeen again he's just absolutely shite
1: I'm sure Arneson's played a couple of times in a week for us this season Plus he did definitely play at Hamilton So I think that puts the plastic pitch thing in perspective I I think we're just dealing again with a situation where Derek McInnes really, really likes Anthony O'Connor And the rest of us are struggling to see why he plays Every single week, our position is fine for him Uh, That aside, there were other changes Um, A lot of people have been calling for Scott Wright To get a lot more game time this season um, especially people who have been critical of Gary McCash-Steven Scott Wright got a start on Sunday And, well, I mean, it's not going to single him out By any stretch of the imagination, Mark But he spent most of his time on the pitch uh, Running into blind alleys
0: Yeah, and, and, and being bundled off the ball really easily I mean, I don't think there's an Aberdeen fan around That doesn't want Scott Wright to do well Because he, he's got talent um, he's, he's young You know, you want to kind of bring on your own players which is probably where the Gary mckay Stephen criticism comes in. You do want your own boys to come through and do well. But um coming up against some of the Rangers players, he was just being brushed off so easily. Um but he was still going for it. You know, he did run down some blind alleys, as you say, but he was still making attempts, he was still, you know, he didn't he didn't disappear from the game, I don't think. He was still trying uh, trying what he does, you know. But I think just the build of him against a team like Rangers didn't do him any favours So
1: Continue on the theme Of um, The drawbacks Around Derek McInnes um, I think another Criticism that's been Leveled at him During his time here Has been A reluctance To promote youth And it was Frank Ross Who got a Surprising call From the bench To replace Scott Wright after 53 minutes um, Now we saw What he can do From a dead ball Brilliant strike um, Pushed Greg Stewart Out of the way To take the free kick But um, it was also him that gave possession away rather cheaply leading up to the second uh, the rangers goal so uh, good to see him obviously have that mentality to to strike that ball so well as well
2: yeah is i mean you know, it's a kind of i think we've mentioned it before and here you want your kind of younger players to have that bit of gallousness um and you no know, he'd made a mistake for the goal would gone down would gone down 2-0 uh, and so it's you know I suppose it's the thing of you know you have no fear and you 've got belief in yourself um, and when, you're, when you're, you when know, you when you're a young loon like that um, great strike as well um, you know, finally we kinda, we we made their keeper do something which was one of the main frustrations of the after, afternoon was that following didn 't really have anything to do, so um, finally we get finally we get something on target and make him move for something
1: yeah it was a pitiful ninety minutes wasn 't it really mark I mean that free kick. Uh, another effort from outside the box from Ross, and in terms of shots on target, that was kind of it, wasn't it? It was. It was. If anything, it was more depressing than the three 0 eye box had been. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. I mean, there was there was no kind of no penetration, I suppose. It was all kind of square balls and bringing the ball forward and then bringing it back again. I mean, once once you're two nil down, uh, or sorry, once once Rangers are two 0 up, they they had the kind of Two banks of four and five Just kind of sitting there And and they made it difficult But we didn't really do anything before that either Um, I think there was a point Scott Wright, he's probably just inside Rangers half And he plays it back to Lewis And that's not what you want to see I mean, Ball retention and all this kind of hipster chat But um, you want to go forward with the ball You don't want to be putting it back to the keeper From the halfway line
1: I mean this was uh, the Rangers centre half pairing Of uh, Bates and Wilson Martin, if you can't put pressure on that if you can't trouble that, then you're in for a long season, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, look at look at the. Look at, no, I mean, we've just been, you know, over the course of two games, we've we've um, we've shipped five goals to them, um, and we're we're I'm, we're going to be critical of their defence. But you know, their squad you know isn't great, and you know, you've got Bates. You know, to again, Tavernier, we've mentioned already. Um, the, the, Man for man, and you no know, I think our strongest eleven is superior to theirs, but they're the they're the ones that showed up over two games, um which is why it, it, it really hurts um but you know if you can 't trouble them, I mean he, he played two strikers, which is something I think we were all pretty happy about when we saw the team lines come out, but it still really kind of did nothing I mean Rooney had a really quiet game sort of relying on trying to do some flick ons and stuff like that but you know, we couldn't get into the game and whenever he was getting into positions May wasn't there for them and vice versa when May was able to do something Rooney wasn't there. Just The pair of them together just didn't, seem, didn't work.
1: Talking more about the goals we lost, there was a strong sense of déjà vu because they're very similar to the goals we lost in the last home game against Motherwell. One from a deep, floated free kick in which the opposition player gets a free header to, to loop a header in and the second from a quick breakdown our left-hand side where Andy Concerning's lack of pace is truly exposed whilst the movement in the centre of our defence is equally truly exposed um, just remarkable how similar those goals were.
0: we don't learn do it. I mean that's that's. if you make mistakes like that you want to be working on it and I think I think Rooney's actually said something in an interview that we, we had been working on that sort of thing over the last couple of weeks but it didn't really look like it when you're, when you're watching it you're right they're carbon copies and they the second goal is not too dissimilar to the uh, Rangers' second goal either, I don't think. Yeah. The high you know, again, it's kind of down Considine's wing, ball comes across, and it's just, you know, yeah, it's disappointing um, that we're still making those fundamental errors, I suppose.
1: And because of how flat our performance was, the joy of Frank Ross's goal, yes, but the loudest cheer inside the ground on Sunday was probably for the dismissal of our old dear friend, Ryan Jack, for a quite appalling challenge on Stevie May, a 70-30, even 80-20 ball in his favour, and he cowardly put the studs over the top of the ball and catches Stevie May who had to go off a couple of minutes later, such was the damage inflicted upon him. Can, can you believe for a second that they're appealing that decision, Martin? I say this, and they'll probably get it rescinded, won't
2: they? Uh, it, the, the frightening thing is that it probably will. Um, no, it's it's a red card all day long, and, and the fact that you no, know, that some people are actually arguing against this, and any time that any kind of moron uses the oh, but if you've played the game, you would know, um, shows that there were probably someone like John Brown or some absolute uh, no thug. Uh, who doesn't know how to tackle? Um, it, it's a red all day long. It's and you know it takes the kind of it, it makes it kind of even worse. You know you've got that. You no, know, that that was we, that was really. You know one of the two things that we had to cheer that day was cheering off the the old captain um, who you know last season was our you know fourth best midfielder and is now their best midfielder. And yet we've no we've we've no we've lost to them three 0 away. We've lost them at home um, and. It's just so depressing that all we have to cheer is you know is him getting sent off. It's just it's sickening.
1: Yeah, and that really should have given us a huge lift mark at one nil, but uh, to lose the second goal so quickly after that was it was just utterly criminal and, and just a, a week of stupidity I think within the walls of Toddry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know
0: what to elaborate on that. Yeah, <laughs> they, when we're when we're uh, Yeah, you're one nil down, Ryan Jack gets sent off uh, you want to kind of start going for it Maybe maybe that was the problem Maybe maybe we did kind of start to go for it a little bit And then uh, they, they hit us on the counter
1: Well that was, uh, that was Sunday um, A second successive defeat And the loss of second place in the league An immediate chance on Friday night To reclaim that Even if only temporarily Where they tripped to what is usually A very happy hunting ground for the Dons To Dens Park to take on our Dundee team who are slightly inconsistent under Neil McCann. Martin, I mean, where do you start? I mean, presumably Ryan is available again and will slot back in. Kyle steven possibly available again, but Stevie May possibly out. I mean, indeed, who might be in the dugout? It, it's almost, there's loads of questions about this team right now, whereas the beauty yeah. of last season was our consistency towards the second half of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean we don't know because everything's, uh, everything's been thrown up in there because there's no talk about this guy's got a knock or whatever because all the focus, all the media attention, has been on who's going to be in the dugout. The tackle I made didn't look good, and you could see right away that he was he was he was knackered um, and had to come off. So you know we don't know how bad it is. There's been no news. You'd like to think that you know like, yeah we've got Christy back in and we'll go kind of back to. What's tried and tested But you know, you, we don't know who's in the dugout For all we know, Craig Brown could be in the dugout For Christ's sake so
1: Stop, just stop right there Things are bad enough <laughs> as it is
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mark, if, if we were going to pick a ground to, to go to after the week we've had We'd probably choose Dens Park, wouldn't we? Yeah, good memories, historically And indeed, this squad should have very good memories as last time we were there, we won 7-0 Another
0: Constantine hat-trick, yeah
1: but yeah, let's, uh, let's see what the odds are for that If we put on a tenner, we'll maybe get enough to pay Derek McInnes' release clause <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, so that's coming up Friday night um, Hopefully it's a, re- a return to winning ways for, for Aberdeen I think as far as the season's gone, maybe it's a bit too much to ask It'll be a, that'll be a really confident, free-flowing performance But three points are definitely what's needed at this point in time I guess if, is, if there's anything to cling to, uh, Martin, is that it was December, uh, latter part of December last season before things clicked into place. But unfortunately, there's no possibility of going back to the tried and tested because, you know, we've lo- had those key losses uh, during the summer.
2: Yeah, saying, you know, it's been mentioned elsewhere that you know, the manager doesn't seem to know who is, be- what is best, what his best starting eleven is, or and he keeps fiddling with the formation, but um you know this the we've we've been we've done alright you know we've we've done alright this season you know i mean the you know, losing to motherwell was was appalling you know the losing those two back to back games against the rangers was appalling um but you no know, out with that you look at some of the other results and we've done we've done though, our jobs we've beaten the so called lesser teams you know, we are joint second in the league it's not all doom and gloom. Um, you know, we could be sitting here next week recording the podcast, laughing it up because, you know, McInnes has told Rangers where to go and we're, we're back ahead of them in the league. So, um, let's hope for that.
1: Yeah, let's try and be. Moderately positive on what is a uh, very very taut and uh, yeah weary podcast this evening. Uh, but my thanks to Mark Elwick, who, if you don't know, uh, is uh, obviously the man behind Dolly Digital and the man behind the wonderful covers gracing the uh, Dawn's program this season. Well done on those, Mark.
0: Thank you very much.
1: And thank you very much for joining us tonight. And thank you, Martin, as well for your time. Thanks, Martin. Cheers, Richards. So we'll be back next week. Who knows who our manager will be. If it's Craig Brown, someone else will be doing the podcast. Good night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny because it's true. (laughs)